0: This is Ham College, episode 57 for September 30th, 2019. Ham College is brought to you by ICOM. Make the most out of this contest season with ICOM. And by hamstudy.org, a great place to study for your next amateur exam. Good evening. Welcome to another episode of Ham College. I'm Professor Thomas. And I'm Dean Martin. It just never does get old, does it?
1: Uh, it Depends on who you ask. That's a nice looking cup you got over there, by the way.
0: That is a nice looking cup, and it's tasty too. Mm -hmm.
1: You have to operate this cup Mm -hmm. left-handed at the end of the month, and on the 15th, you have to operate it right-handed.
0: I see that. So that uh, you're in sync with, so you're with, with the, the current show, yeah. These are the new Ham College and Amateur Logic mugs. Yep. They're on the Spreadshirt Pretty tasty. store now. Well, the stuff in them is. Yep. This is going to be the last episode that comes out of the, the general class study pool that just expired in July. Yeah. Just expired. That's the questions we've been covering, and this is the very last out of that study guide or uh, question pool that we're covering tonight. There's been a few changes to the pool, uh, a few additions. Uh, We'll be covering those in the next episode, and Mm -hmm. if it depends on how many changes there were, maybe the next two episodes. Uh, We haven't really tallied up how many changes there were just yet, but We'll have those next month, or at least we'll begin on them. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to move over and start on the extra. And Gordo has a new book out there now that covers 2019 to 2023 question pool. Cool. So you want to get your copy of that if you're studying for the general? I'll tell
1: you Uh, what, I'll read the first question for you. How about that? Really? You do that for me? Yeah, heck yeah. You can answer the first one. Which of the... <laughs> I, I feel a laughing spell coming on tonight for some reason. It That's started something. much earlier. Yeah, it did before the camera <laughs> even started. Which of the following direct fuse power connections would be best for a 100-watt HF mobile installation? A, to the battery using heavy-gauge wire.
0: B, to the alternator or generator using heavy-gauge wire. C, to the battery using resistor wire. R, D, to the alternator or generator using resistor wire. This one is pretty easy, I think. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the chat room that's entered an answer has got this one correct. We might as well just go ahead and say what the answer is. It's A. Uh, I think we all know that it's best if you're installing a mobile particularly 100 watts, just run your power cables all the way right to the battery with mm. a heavy gauge wire.
1: And when you park your vehicle in the airport parking garage, be sure to turn it off before you're gone for a week. That that works best. Because I've been burned by that twice.
0: Twice. So let's look at the other answers there. To the alternator or generator using heavy gauge wire, not really You don't want to really
1: hook it up straight to the alternator.
0: No, what if the vehicle's not even running? Um, To the battery using resistor wire. No, you're just going to be dropping voltage. If you do that, you won't be able to make that 100 watts. Or to the alternator or generator using resistor wire. Now, two reasons you wouldn't want to do that. One is you don't want to run it to the alternator generator. The other is don't want to use resistor wire what is resistor wire and why would that even come up here
1: i don't know why it would come up here because they're trying to trick
0: you what do you what, what do you think about resistor wire why would they even suggest that where have you even heard of that i haven't ah but you probably have have i resistor spark plug wire oh if you look at some spark plug wire yeah. it'll say resistor on it they, they do that to spark plug wires to kind of keep down uh, noise, you know, ig- ignition noise out of your vehicle. So,
1: yeah, I forgot uh, about that.
0: So that's probably why they even suggested that. Anyway,
1: do they even uh, have spark plugs anymore?
0: Yeah, they do, unless you're running diesel, <laughs> yeah, just, I think. Yeah, that's good. Well, I got one for you. Okay. Why is it best not to draw the DC power from a 100-watt HF transceiver from a vehicle's auxiliary power socket? A. The socket is not wired with an RF-shielded power cable.
1: B, (coughs) B. The socket's wiring may be inadequate for the current drawn by the transceiver.
0: C. The DC polarity of the socket is reversed from the polarity of modern HF transceivers. Or D, the
1: drawing more than 50 watts from this socket could cause the engine to overheat. Well, I'm going to tell you it's not D, because drawing the power is not going to cause your engine to overheat. See, uh, the DC polarity of this socket is reversed. That's not true either. Positives, positive negatives, negatives. It's, it, that, it, That's not right.
0: No, if it isn't, if it is... There's a serious problem with the wiring harness uh-huh. in your vehicle.
1: And uh, B, the socket's wire may be inadequate. That's, that's probably the case. Or A, the socket is not wired with RF-shielded cable. I could tell you it's probably not wired with RF-shielded cable, but the answer is going to be B. It's not adequate. Most likely it's not adequate for that much current to be pulled.
0: That's what everybody's saying over in the chat room there. Uh, Andy's saying that uh, most of them are only 10 amps. Mm -hmm. That's probably right. I don't recall. But, you know, you got 20-amp fuses in your 100-watt rig, so you're going to need something that can supply at least that uh, to be safe. Up to that. Up to that. Yeah. Well, yeah. If you really want to play it cool, Use bigger gauge wire than you really have to. That's oh, that's all,
1: Yeah, that's always the best yeah. bet if you have, have a very long run. Keep your runs short, too.
0: Yeah, because there, there's resistive losses in that wire, even if it's not resistor wire. So uh, the shorter you have that run and the bigger gauge wire you use, the less resistance or heating of that wire you're going to have. And the more voltage you're going to deliver right to the rig. Makes sense?
1: It does make sense.
0: And it is the answer. It so is the answer. You were good on that. No buzzer. Oh, wait, no, oh, you weren't from the last one, too, eh? Yep. That was like a double tap there. <laughs> uh, I don't get that started. <laughs> I was thinking about that a while ago, but we won't go into it.
1: Which of the following is true of an emergency generator installation? A. The generator should be located in a well-ventilated area.
0: B. The generator must be insulated from ground. C. Fuel should be stored near the generator
1: for rapid refueling in case of an emergency.
0: Or D. All of these choices are correct. Are you waiting
1: for me to answer it, too?
0: Oh, is this mine? I read it. Okay. Well I did uh, the last one. I don't think all of the choices are correct. So it is not D. Um C. Fuel should be stored near the generator for rapid refueling in case of emergency. Yes. Or in case you need a quick fire. You know, that would be <laughs> be handy. No, not definitely not. C. You don't put the fuel uh, that you're storing near the generator. B, the generator must be insulated from ground. No. Uh, you know, most of those generators actually have a ground lug on them, so you mm-hmm. could connect to a ground. And A, the generator should be located in a well-ventilated area. And I think, yeah, we all know gasoline engines, they're going to be putting out carbon monoxide. You need it ventilated. You don't want to be breathing that stuff in and, Yeah, very bad. That's that's not good. Everybody got that one right as well. I can tell. I'm glad. We have a smart class tonight. They're going to ace this. I feel it coming on already. Well,
1: these are the advanced students tonight. It is. Advanced class.
0: That was it. What is the name of the process by which sunlight is changed directly into electricity? Is it A, a photovoltaic con- conversion?
1: B, photon emission? C, photosynthesis? Or D, photon decomposition? <laughs> I don't think it's D, photon decomposition. Photosynthesis is like when uh, plants turn sunlight into yeah, I don't think that's right either. It's going to be... It's not photon emission either. That's from the photon torpedoes. It that is? is? No. no. <laughs> A photovoltaic conversion is going to be the answer. That's my final answer.
0: Most everybody said that over in the chat room there. One of those other qu- answers is, you know... There's a familiar term, photosynthesis, but that's not, that's not what's happening here. I'm going to agree with you. It's photovoltaic conversion. Voltaic. Yep. There you go. There I go. We're
1: going to have to get them a little bit tougher. I'm glad you've got this one. I see a lot of numbers down there. What is the approximate open circuit voltage from a fully illuminated silicon voltaic photovoltaic cell? A, uh, 0.02 volts DC.
0: B, 0.5 volts DC. C, 0.2 volts DC. Or D, 1.38 volts DC. What is the approximate open circuit voltage from a fully illuminated silicon photo cell. We're getting some
1: different answers in
0: here. Cell. Yeah, this is a tough one here. That means a single photo cell, how much voltage can you get out of it? And they're saying open circuit. That means there's no load on it because if you put a load across it, that's going to drop that voltage some. Mm-hmm. So unloaded. point oh two volts DC. That's not very much. You would think it would take like a You'd million. have to have a whole yard yeah.
1: full of them to do anything. To do
0: anything. Yep. 1.38 volts. That sounds like a pretty good answer, doesn't it?
1: Well, that's... Well...
0: That's what most of them are guessing in the chat room.
1: Yeah. It seems a little high to me, but maybe... That, I don't know the answer to this one.
0: C, Point two volts DC. Seems maybe maybe that's a little low. The answer is B, 0.5 volts DC, half a volt. And we only had one person get that right, if it is right. Let's see. And that's it. Half a volt DC. And I, just like almost everyone in the chat room, when I was typing in these questions, I got that one wrong. I was thinking it was 1.38 volts. That really? seemed like. Uh, that's yeah, what uh, most of the answers were out there, too. But, no, it's it's half a volt. So uh, that that is a toughie there. I don't think we've stumped folks that bad in a while. Only everybody sound your buzzers. Yeah. No, it wasn't Ed. Tom is the only one who got that one right, Uh, KC3BFY. Mm -hmm. So I can tell you this for sure. We are not going over the questions on the order, which I put them on the sheet here tonight, for whatever reason. So does uh, it matter? Not so far. Uh But it could. (laughs) If something uh, unexpected happens, that's the reason why. What is the reason that a series diode is connected between a solar panel and a storage battery that is being charged by the panel? A, the diode serves to regulate the charging voltage to prevent overcharge.
1: B, the diode prevents self-discharge of the battery through the panel during times of low or no illumination.
0: C, the diode limits the current flowing from the panel to a safe value.
1: D, the diode greatly increases the efficiency during times of high illumination. I actually I actually know this one, or at least I'm pretty sure I do know this one. I'm going to go straight for the kill on this one because I'm pretty sure it's B. The diode prevents self-discharge of the battery through the panel, during times of low or no illumination. So that's going to keep the voltage basically from flowing backwards into the panel and using it like a load to drain the battery. I know Mm -hmm. that's a common problem if you don't have something there to keep it from happening. Yep, This is when the voltage regulator mm -hmm. serves for that Mm -hmm. purpose too.
0: Yep. Everyone's saying that over in the chat room. I'm going to agree with you. It's B. I read something
1: about that not not too long ago. I was looking up some stuff for a potential project for amateur logic. Yeah. Which of the following is a disadvantage of using wind as a primary source of power for an emergency station? A, the conversion efficiency from mechanical energy to electrical energy is less than 2%.
0: B. The voltage and current rating of such systems are not compatible with amateur equipment.
1: C. A large energy storage system is needed to supply power when the wind is not blowing.
0: R. D. All of these choices are correct. Hmm. A couple of those sound like pretty reasonable answers in there. Let's let's go over them all though. A, the conversion efficiency of mechanical energy to electrical energy is less than 2%. If it was, you'd never get your car battery charged. Yeah. That's mechanical energy. Uh, B, the voltage and current ratings of such systems are not compatible with amateur equipment. Uh, That sounds somewhat feasible, but that's not really the answer. So we know it's not D. All of these choices are correct. I'm going to say, and probably I haven't looked at the chat room, uh, I think. Oh, uh, they all nailed it. Yeah. It, it is C. A large energy storage system is needed to supply power when the wind is not blowing. It's yep. pretty much a uh, no-brainer there. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to have to have a lot of batteries for yep. wind power. Mm-hmm. Or you really need batteries for solar power as well. Mm-hmm. so uh, but the here, sun comes up every day there's at least sun.
1: well, the wind don't blow every day, the sun's no. gonna rise, yeah, but if it's cloudy, you're not you're not gonna get as much, but yeah. you'll still get some,
0: yeah, I don't know if it'll be enough to make a difference, but if the wind's not blowing, you're sure not gonna yeah. be generating you still you voltage. still
1: have to have quite a few batteries to make it feasible to use that, yeah. I've had uh, I've had like a, a, a hankering or whatever. I want I want to like power my shack with solar power. Mm-hmm. Although it doesn't really make any sense to do it because it's going to be super expensive. It's probably going to save me about two dollars a month on my electric bill
0: after you've uh, paid for the system. Uh-huh. So yeah,
1: yeah but so. so but I I just would like to do it just to say that I did it. Yeah. It doesn't really make financial sense to do.
0: Well you've got a nice soap, but you couldn't leave it out there all the time that um, not that canvas one. No. Well tell you what, I think it's about time we take a break. Reshuffle oh. the questions just a bit. Okay. And come back and continue on. So come let's on. get a message from ICOM. Cheers. Heard it, worked it, logged it. It's time to get the transceiver that's best suited for your lifestyle. ICOM offers a variety of high-performance and innovative products. Make the most out of contest season with one of these ICOMs today. IC7610, the SDR every ham wants. This high-performance SDR has the ability to pick out the faintest of signals, even in the presence of stronger adjacent signals. The ICOM IC7610 is a direct sampling, software-defined radio that will change the world's definition of a SDR transceiver. RF direct sampling, 110 RMDR, independent dual receivers, and dual DigiCell. Or, get the IC7300. Changing the way entry-level HF is designed, this high-performance, innovative HF transceiver with a compact design will far exceed your expectations. RF direct sampling, 15 discrete bandpass filters, large 4.3-inch color touchscreen, real-time spectrum scope, and SD memory card slot. Keep your competitive edge with faster processors, higher input gain, higher display resolution, and a cleaner signal. ICOM's IC7851 is the pinnacle of HF perfection. Dual receivers, digital IF filters, memory keyer, digital voice recorder, high-resolution spectrum waterfall display, enhanced PC connectivity, and SD memory card slot. Visit icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information on all the great ICOM radios. Why don't we give away a nice
1: ICOM ball cap and a nice ICOM ham crew t-shirt? Yep. that work for you? That I works. Just so for happen to have a set of them right here.
0: So how would a uh, fella go about winning one of them? Well, those? a fellow or a lady
1: could do it. Either one. It doesn't matter. That's true. Um, all you need to do is send an email to hamcollege at amateurlogic.tv. Give us your name. That's all you need is an email address and a name. It's that simple. And uh, you'll be entered into the drawing for the next month, and maybe you'll win. If you entered... This month, and your name happens to not be the one that George is trying to draw over there right now, then um, be sure to enter again for the following month because um, uh, good chance your name will come up eventually. Just keep on going. And be persistent. We've got a winner. All right. Who, who might be the lucky person?
0: It says, Hi, my name is Bob, and I would love a shirt or hat. Well, you How can about- have
1: both. Uh, yeah, how about both, Bob? It's your lucky day. Just so happen to have a set of them right here.
0: It's Bob L. Brandman, uh, K-N-6-D-I-M. C- yep, congratulations, Bob. Congratulations, yeah. And incidentally, you don't have to have a call sign. Give them a little more spill about this installed for me while I... Okay, you don't have to have a, a call
1: sign. This is... Uh... This is Ham College. We're trying to to make new hams, so we encourage people that don't have a call sign as well as people that have one and want to upgrade to to watch the show. So we open it up to non-hams as well. If you all you need to do is, like I said, send your name in an email to the address you see on your screen right there, Ham College at Amateurlogic.tv, and you'll be put into the drawing. Again, uh, if you want, if you're interested in getting winning one of them. If you did not win this month, if your name was not Bob and that wasn't your call sign, go ahead and send us another email so you can be in the drawing for next month. Mm -hmm. Which of the following is covered by the National Electrical Code? A. Acceptable bandwidth limits.
0: B. Acceptable modulation
1: limits. C. Electrical safety inside the ham shack.
0: Or D. RF exposure limits of the human body. Which of the following is covered by the National Electric Code, which is also known as NEC? Uh, Acceptable bandwidth limits. No, that doesn't really cover RF. Yeah. Uh, RF exposure limits. No, it doesn't cover RF. So it wouldn't cover modulation either. It's going to be electrical safety inside the ham shack. That's one that makes sense to me. Everybody's... Got that right over in the chat room, so let's just verify. And I
1: just thought about it. I think that might have been my turn, but I guess it don't matter. Too late now.
0: I answered it for you.
1: I'll read yours and then come in.
0: No, I'll I'll (laughs) read my own and you can answer (laughs) it. (laughs) Which wire or wires in a four-conductor connection should be attached to fuses or circuit breakers in a device operated from a 240-volt AC single-phase source. A. Only the two wires carrying voltage. B. Only the neutral wire. C. Only the ground wire. Or D. All wires. I can tell
1: you right now, it's not all wires. Don't do that. Don't hook them all up to the circuit breaker. And uh, don't C, don't do C. Don't hook the ground wire up to the circuit breaker, and don't do B. Don't hook up the neutral wire to the circuit breaker. Is the answer is going to be A? Only the two wires carrying voltage attached to the circuit breakers.
0: And that's the answer that's coming in over there on the chat room. I hadn't.
1: If you if you hook if you do anything <laughs> other than A, you're going to have a heck of a problem on your hands.
0: Yeah, nope.
1: there are going to be sparks
0: going everywhere. Yeah, everybody, everybody's saying. I haven't seen another answer. Uh, I'm going to agree with you, and I'll say one other thing about that. I just thought about it. Why wouldn't you put one in the ground wire? Huh?
1: Four conductor connection... Which wire or wires of four conductor connection should be attached to fuses or circuit breakers?
0: Yeah, and device operated from a 240 volt AC single-phase right. source. So you got two Yeah well I mean I'm just saying there's a reason you wouldn't put one in the ground wire too, and that's because you wouldn't want the ground to become disconnected and everything else still be connected.
1: Oh so well, you, you don't want your power yeah. from your bus going into the ground either, because you're gonna have a fire.
0: Well, that's true. Yeah, this is a good way to. No, it's not a good way to start a fire, but it is a yeah. way uh, you wouldn't want. And do if you that.
1: don't, if you don't know the answer to this, call an electrician. Honestly. Yeah. So uh, you shouldn't be doing doing that. I wonder. I'm not sure why they would even put this on there. Yeah. But they did so, yeah. and that's the answer. What is the minimum wire size that may be safely used for a circuit that draws up to 20 amperes of continuous current?
0: A. AWG
1: number 20.
0: B. AWG number 16. C. AWG number 12. R. D. American wire gauge number 8. For a twenty ampere well, I actually know
1: these. These are something I've actually got mm-hmm. some experience with.
0: For a twenty ampere continuous well, current. Not
1: that I have experience with some of the other stuff, but
0: what is the minimum wire size that may be safely used if you're gonna draw twenty amps? Well I know uh number twenty wire is is too small for that. It's way too small. Way. Uh, Number sixteen gauge, yeah, that would be that's pretty. That'd be pretty small. D, number eight, that's pretty big. You could draw more than twenty amps with a number eight. Yeah. Number twelve, that seems about right. That's typically what you're going to see in um, most single phase wiring in your house. Probably a number 12 or a number 14, but number 12 for 20 amp. That's what I'm going with. That's what everybody's saying over in the chat room. Number 12. now that. And, you know, when I built this studio here, as well as a ham shack and electronic shop, I thought, you know, I'll be drawing some current out of some of these outlets in here. I want to make sure that I use a big enough gauge wire for these outlets. Mhm. So I wired the building with number ten.
1: Oh wow! You bet you had a fun time putting those in the receptacles. That is,
0: it'll go, but it is well, tough.
1: It doesn't go in the push pins on the no, back. No, no. You have to put the screws on
0: them. You have to do the screws, but you know it's yeah. better to do the screws than the push pins uh-huh. anyway. Uh huh. Uh, but yeah, it was t- kind of tough twisting it around there and getting it to go. But yeah, I don't I've, I've I don't worry about uh, resistive losses. Well, you and, probably
1: got more problem, more chance of having a problem with the receptacle than you do with the wire. Oh, I to do. It. Yeah,
0: yeah. Except for that one, I I uh, ran a screw through up there in the wall when I was wiring <laughs> it. <laughs> that was fun troubleshooting.
1: Yep, I bet. Oh, you didn't, it didn't spark? You didn't know about it?
0: Uh, no, know. just threw the breaker. Oh. Yeah, it, it wasn't on. I, I was hanging an awning on the outside of the building and ran a long screw through there. Just happened to come out.
1: Oh, and right so there. then you turned the power on and it flipped? through the breaker immediately. Oh, oh wow. And, it's uh, easier to find it when you screw the screw in it while it's still hot.
0: Well, it is. You get a little indication in your fingers there, yeah, too, possibly. you
1: can find it when you look for the little burn spot.
0: Yeah. Oh, we were speaking of wire gauges. It's, this is just a little comparison here. This is not to actual scale, but it's thank, relative.
1: Thank goodness. Yeah, to each other.
0: <laughs> People would uh,
1: be trying to steal the copper out of your shop if you had copper wire that big in there.
0: Uh, number 18, the red there, that's a lot smaller than the number 12. Number 10 is bigger than the number 12, trust me. Uh,
1: (laughs) Yeah, and you wouldn't think it much, but it actually is considerably bigger.
0: Yeah. So I suspect everyone here tonight knows it, but these numbers run backwards. The higher the number, the smaller the gauge. What size of fuse or circuit breaker would be appropriate to use with a circuit that uses AWG number 14 wiring? Is it A, 100 amps? B, sixty amp amperes. C, thirty amperes. Or D, fifteen amperes. Somebody already answered this one, and we hadn't even called it out yet. Who did? Ralph. Ralph knows this stuff, man. Uh
1: huh. Yeah, this one. This one. I know this one too. It's not a hundred amps. That's. That's no, a pretty no, no. good size. Yeah. Piece of wire about the size of your thumb.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> <clears throat> He found the button. Say yeah, he hallelujah. Found it. Yeah.
1: Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> the um, the answer is going to be D, 15 amps. Um, 30 amps is way too big for 14 gauge. Yours was about 12 gauge for 20 amps. So it just mm-hmm. makes sense that the 15 amps is going to be one size down.
0: Yeah.
1: And the next size down below that
0: would be 14. Boy, everybody's getting that one in the chat room too. But I but I know
1: these from a previous life.
0: Yeah, back when you used to twist wires.
1: Which of the following is a primary reason for not placing a gasoline fuel generator inside an occupied area? Hmm. A. Danger of carbon monoxide poisoning.
0: B. Danger of engine over torque. Wow. C.
1: L- <clears throat> C. Lack of oxygen. For adequate combustion.
0: Or D, lack of nitrogen for adequate combustion. Well, I don't know about the nitrogen being a factor there. You would think, well, you, but you probably know better. Lack of oxygen for adequate combustion. You do have to have oxygen for uh, combustion. Uh, danger of engine over torque. No, not at all. Uh, A, danger of carbon monoxide poisoning. I hadn't even looked at the chat room, but let me say if anybody got that wrong in there, we're going to have to do some explaining because that's. Well, they all got it right. They all got it right. Yeah, truly. Uh, well, Kevin says, truly stupid answers. Not you guys in the chat room. The answers down here yeah
1: he, i think he's he's talking has been talking yeah about he's the other he's ones. not
0: calling so, like, out to people in the, the all
1: the alternate or the incorrect answers on there they're just like way out there
0: yeah pretty bad it it is a i think we all know that you know gasoline engine the exhaust out of it contains carbon monoxide and, and it, will, it will it will kill you it very will quickly you. it'll make you very sick if it don't kill you Which of the following conditions will cause a ground fault circuit interrupter, GFCI, to disconnect the 120 or 240 volt AC line to a device?
1: A. Oh, I'm sorry. You go ahead. I'm ready to jump the gun. I'm ready to go, man.
0: <laughs> a. Current flowing from one or more of the voltage-carrying wires to the neutral wire. <clears throat>
1: B, current flowing from one or more of the voltage-carrying wires directly to ground. C,
0: overvoltage on the voltage-carrying wires.
1: Or D, all these choices are correct. Uh, They're not correct, uh, not all of them. And overvoltage is not the reason for the ground fault circuit interrupter. Uh, Current flowing from one or more of the voltage-carrying wires to the neutral wire. No, that's kind of how the circuit works. But it, but current flowing from one or more of the voltage-carrying wires directly to ground will cause it to trip, the ground fault circuit interrupter. That's why they mm-hmm. name it that. They're usually put in wet places like in your garage or near your bathroom sink mm-hmm. and things like that. But it's, uh, the answer is going to be B, uh, current flowing from one or more of the voltage-carrying
0: wires directly to ground there you go yep and that's a that's a very good circuit although they trip sometimes for no good reason and it's irritating it still could save your life
1: you know I stay in hotels almost every week at work and it's it's really rare for me to go to the to plug in the hairdryer at the one by the sink and not have to reset it first and you almost wonder almost every single one. How that happens? I wonder if the housekeeping people are just told to push it. I don't... I don't
0: push the test button? Maybe. I'm
1: not sure, but they're almost always like that.
0: Yeah. Uh, because you should not have any current flowing through that ground wire. Or if you do, it should be the same between any, either one of the two conductors there. If it's out of balance or... It's flowing a little more from one than the other. It's going to trip that thing and save your life.
1: Oh, yeah. It, uh, like, like I said, they're usually in wet areas. Um, but anyway, it's a good thing to have. If you don't have them near your bathroom sinks and stuff, you may want to look into seeing them, having that done. Yep.
0: Yeah. Everyone's done exceptionally well so far on these tonight. So far. So far. And they're all... Um, Come on, hit us with some hard ones. We're going to hit you with some hard ones, right? In two weeks. Or two months, Uh, rather. Yeah, probably. (laughs) They'll be really hard then. We're going to have to do some studying, I can tell you right Uh now. Uh, But we'll be back in a few minutes. In the meantime, we've got something for you to look at here. Well, really another resource to study for your license exam. But not only that, uh, we might have a little intermission here.
1: Awesome. Those are always fun.
0: Well, hello, boy. Now, what do you say?
1: Let's make with the popcorn right
2: away. Too much trouble and bother, yes indeed. No, man, heat's all you need. You need more than heat, boy, according to oil. You need popcorn, salt, butter, and oil, and a frying pan Or to be completely proper. You ought to have a popper. I dig it you ain't a hip old man to easy pop popped in its own pan. You mean easy pop popped in its own pan? Now you're swinging daddy, crazy man. Why don't you make it with me to the grocery shop? We'll both dig a pan of this easy pop. The Now, uh, give it the heat bed. That's the wildest. Easy Pops too much, the neatest, the mildest. We'll all have a gallon in just about a minute. Popcorn, salt, and oil, and everything in it. What do you know? No muss, no fuss. There's Easy Pop popcorn for all of us. Easy Pop, man, that's real popcorn.
0: Are you new to the ham world or an existing amateur operator who wants to take your license to the next level? Study for your radio license exam at hamstudy.org. Hamstudy.org is a free online learning tool powered by ICOM. It was created by Richard Bateman, KD7BBC, Michael Stufflebeam, KV9G, and Rich Porter, KK6GKE, And it uses a modern web design to enhance the experience of studying for your technician, general, and amateur extra exams. Since 2013, hamstudy.org has helped new and existing hams to familiarize themselves with the question pools, use stats-based flashcards to focus on material they need to learn, and take practice exams to gauge progress. Visit hamstudy.org on your desktop computer or mobile device. Register for a free account at hamstudy.org to access personalized study history and other site features. Prepare for an exam in an intuitive and comprehensive manner. Check out hamstudy.org, powered by ICOM, for free learning tools. Good luck on your next exam. Nope.
2: No. no. No, no, no. No, I don't like it. No. I don't like it. Yes, it's fantastic. It's just fantastic. Yes, they're beautiful. Yes, I love them. Socialite's the choosy woman's choice. Isn't the chicken lucky? Ah! that eggs are the shape they are, not square, not rectangular, but perfectly egg-shaped. And aren't you lucky, too, that the eggs you buy from Kroger's are perfectly egg-shaped and as fresh as the hen can make them. Cackling fresh eggs from Kroger, gathered fresh and cooled on the spot, then whisked away in a real cool truck. For grading and dating by a government inspector. Every egg, graded. Every carton dated in a cool, cool grading room. From the hen to the Kroger dairy case. They're kept cool all the way. So they're grade A all the way. Guaranteed to ride high in the skillet. (laughs) Guaranteed cackling fresh. Who but Kroger sells cackling fresh eggs? (sighs) Nobody.
3: You can be Batman in your very own Batmobile by Marx. Comes complete with bat. Tape. No batteries needed ever. Just back up to wind the powerful spring motor. Set the brake. Release and holy blast off. Away you go in your very own Batmobile by Marx. This is the Call Vibration Laboratory in Utah. Here, our giant vibrators give Miniman missile components the shaking of their lives. This week, Ford is using the same vibrators to give the 73 Ford Galaxy 500 over a million bumps and shakes. Ford is out to prove a point. Quiet is the sound of a well-made car. Before the shake test, we took sound readings and got a very quiet 65 decibels. But will this Ford Galaxy 500 be as quiet after a million bumps, shakes, and deep vibrations? Most of them so fast, we had to remove the gas tank and cool the shocks to keep them from overheating. Now, on the same highway, at the same speed and conditions, not one decibel point noisier. In Ford Galaxy 500, quiet is the sound of a well-made car. See it at your Ford dealers now.
1: They really, they really tested that car out, man. That thing would have been suitable for the submarine races, I guess.
0: I've seen them like that before, and they weren't on that testing (laughs) machine. They weren't on the machine. Yeah,
1: (laughs) that's funny. That is. Why must the metal enclosure of every item of station equipment be grounded? A. It prevents a blown fuse in the event of an internal short circuit.
0: B. It prevents signal overload. C. It ensures that the neutral wire is grounded. Or D, it ensures that hazardous voltages cannot appear on the chassis. Um, Why must a metal enclosure of every item of station equipment be grounded?
3: Hmm.
0: Well, that's a good idea. I'm going to tell you there's um, there's some people who disagree with this for RFI prevention reasons. Mm -hmm. But... um, if you want to pass this test on the exam, then listen to me now and hear me later. <laughs> a. It prevents a blown fuse in the event of an internal short circuit. Nope. B. It prevents signal overload. Nope. C. It ensures the neutral wire is grounded. Nope. D, it ensures that hazardous voltages cannot appear on the chassis. There's your answer. It's D. And everyone says that over in the chat room. Who well, they
1: all did. pass.
0: And they did all pass. Yep. Let's give them a Good fist bump. Here's for them. Yeah. Here. Virtual fist bump. What is the purpose of a power supply interlock? A. To prevent unauthorized changes to the circuit that would void the manufacturer's warranty. B. To shut down the unit if it becomes too hot. C. To ensure that dangerous voltages are removed if the cabinet is opened.
1: Or D. To shut off the power supply if too much voltage is produced. Okay, we're going to authorize change the circuit. No, that's that's not it. I think that's a safety mechanism. The shut down if it becomes too hot. No voltages are removed if the cabinet is opened. I think that's going to be the answer shut off the power supply. Yeah, this answer is going to be C. I'm pretty sure to ensure that dangerous voltages are removed if the cabinet is open. So, like, if you open it, you're not going to, like, stick a screwdriver in something, get high voltage, and get yourself electrocuted. Pretty sure that's the way I'm going to be at. Power supply interlock. So that tells me that when you open it, it's going to kill the power supply.
0: Mm-hmm. That's what everyone in the chat room is saying, and, and that's, no, they're that's what I'm saying, too. And it is C to ensure the dangerous voltages are removed if the cabinet is opened. On my tube-type linear amplifier, as a matter of fact, it's an Ameritron. Um, If you take the top off of it, there's a switch right there that when you pull the top off, it releases that switch, Mm -hmm. and you no longer have voltage inside going to the, the circuit. On the big broadcast transmitters I work on, There are interlock switches on every door or access point to them. And there's actually two in there. There's one that's a little micro switch. as a plunger that that goes in and out whenever you open the door. And if that plunger pops out, the micro switch is not made, so the the control circuitry on the transmitter shuts down the high voltage. But also, there's two big insulated posts sitting there with... uh, Brass knobs on the end of them that the high voltage of the transmitter runs to, mm-hmm. and when that plunger comes out, it puts a shorting plate across those two posts right there, uh-huh. and it shorts that high voltage out directly to ground as a you know secondary safety measure. So let me just say, if you haven't experienced opening the cabinet. On a transmitter that's running, you know, a tube-type transmitter with maybe, I don't know, 10,000 volts or so going in. Uh you haven't really heard a loud noise before. <laughs> it 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 makes quite a racket. Oh, yeah? But, you know, it, it prevents you from getting shocked. What you got to be careful of, though, is those things will stick, and that plunger won't come out when you open the door, so... Uh Um, you need to check those as well. But, I mean, most of you are probably not working on broadcast transmitters, but just a thought there. you got the interlock to protect you. Make sure that interlock is actually working, though, that the switch didn't get stuck because it's been in the closed position for so long.
1: Yeah. Probably a good idea to kill the power and test that occasionally, I would imagine.
0: It is. Or you can actually physically look at it and see. in in the case I'm talking about.
1: Which of the following is a danger from lead tin solder? A, lead can can contaminate food if hands are not washed carefully after handling the solder.
0: B, high voltages can cause lead tin solder to disintegrate suddenly.
1: C, tin in the solder can... Tin in the solder cold flow causing shorts in the circuit
0: rd rf energy can convert the lead into a poisonous gas
1: (laughs) i read that is in the solder can (laughs) first time (laughs) (laughs) that's why i started over (laughs) what do you got in the solder can (laughs)
0: Which of the following is a danger from lead tin solder? Well, RF energy, as far as I know, doesn't convert the lead into a poisonous gas. Tin in the solder can cold flow, causing shorts in the circuits. Now, I mean, you can have cold solder flow, but it doesn't cause shorts. It actually probably causes opens. B, high voltage can cause lead tin solder to disintegrate suddenly. Now, A, lead can contaminate food if your hands are not washed carefully after handling the solder. That's the only one that that really makes sense there. That makes sense. That's what everybody's saying. Nailed it. Nailed it. Why should solder joints... Not be used with the wires that connect the base of a tower to a system of ground rods. A. The resistance of solder is too high. B.
1: Solder flux will prevent a low conductivity connection.
0: C. The solder has too high a dielectric constant to provide adequate lightning protection.
1: Or D. A solder joint will likely be destroyed by the heat of a lightning strike. I... Reading that one last, I'm going to tell you that's the answer. It's got to be, because a lightning bolt's going to be a whole heck of a lot hotter than my soldering iron is, and I'm pretty sure that's going to go up in smoke. In smoke.
0: Yeah. Very good chance that it could could melt the solder when it hits.
1: That's that's like the obvious jumps yeah. out at you answer. That's the only thing it can be on there.
0: And if you don't have damage from that strike, right then you've loosened up the ground connection next strike you get you don't have a ground connection so that's the answer right there i'm going to agree as as well as everyone in the chat room solder don't likely be destroyed by the heat of a lightning strike
1: yeah that's probably a lot hotter than my little weller soldering iron
0: unless you've got a mighty big weller yeah i would agree
1: which of the following is good practice for lightning protection grounds? A. They must be bonded to all buried water and gas lines.
0: C. Bends in the ground wires must be made as close as possible to a right angle. C. Lightning grounds must be connected to all ungrounded wiring. Or D. They must be bonded together with all other grounds. Which following is good practice for lightning protection grounds. A, they must be bonded to all buried water and gas lines. That's not it. I mean, you could bury it to a, a water line. I wouldn't suggest uh, connecting it to a gas line. That just,
1: just doesn't seem like a good idea to me. No, I'm just I saying. Could,
0: I could see that becoming an issue. Uh... B, bends and ground wires must be made as close as possible to a right angle, 90-degree angle. No, as a matter of fact, that's right the opposite of what Mm -hmm. you want. You want your grounds to be as straight as possible to the the ground connection. You want to avoid using right angles. Uh, C, lightning grounds must be connected to all ungrounded wiring. No, I mean, you'd be shorting out everything that you had. Uh, that wouldn't make sense at all, tying your AC lines to ground. Uh, or D, they must be bonded together with all other grounds. Everybody got that right right there.
1: Mm-hmm. A lot of bonding going on there.
0: In the chat room. Yep. And they should be on your ground system.
1: Well, cool. It seems like this, uh, this last batch of questions, like they're just kind of like, they're of, almost like freebies. A lot of common sense. Because they're like, yeah, like the, the not right answers, the incorrect answers are just so way out there that, you know, you would have never had to have any exposure to anything to not get there. Right. I mean, on there, this round,
0: yeah, there are. I mean, there are people in the world who would have missed those, but anybody yeah. that's that's kind of into the hobby or wants to get in it probably already knows. Probably has at least a clue about a lot yeah. of it, mm-hmm. except for the voltage that comes out of a single voltolic, whatever that was I said earlier. Photovoltaic cell. Photovoltaic cell. Yeah.
1: But that's a half a volt. Everybody knows
0: that. They do now.
1: As long as there's no resistance, no load on it.
0: That's the kind of information right there you watch Ham College for. It is. Yeah. I learned it right here. Because uh, nine out of ten people who answer the question in a chat room will get it wrong the first time. I guarantee if we ask it again, there wouldn't be any wrong answers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, enough of that. What must you do when powering your house from an emergency generator? A, disconnect the incoming utility power feed. B, ensure that the generator is not grounded. C, ensure that all lightning grounds are disconnected.
1: Or D, all of these choices are correct. Uh, I can tell you now, they're not all correct. No and you ensure that all lightning grounds are disconnected you don't want to do that uh, ensure that the generator is not grounded it's perfectly fine to ground the chassis of your generator um i don't mind. i don't ground mine but you can uh, disconnect the incoming utility power feed that's going to be your answer right there because if you hook your generator output up to the circuit of your house it can back feed into the power lines. If the power comes on, you're going to have a a heck of an explosion, or you could, you know, backfeed through the power lines, I guess, and cause somebody else to get shocked in their own home. I guess yep. is possible.
0: And cause some kind of damage. hmm There'll be quite a load on your generator if you do that. Yeah. Uh, no, you definitely don't want to do that. You want to make sure that the incoming utility power is disconnected. Everybody got that.
1: What is the main reason to use keyed connectors instead of non-keyed types? A. Prevention of use by unauthorized persons.
0: B. Reduced chance of incorrect mating.
1: C. Higher current carrying capacity.
0: D. All of these choices are correct. Well, they can't all be correct. No. Well, they they could, but they're not. No, no, they're not. What is the main reason for using keyed connectors instead of non-keyed types? I just happen to have a keyed and a non-keyed connector right here. Wow, that is to,
1: a coincidence.
0: To, yeah.
1: Well, and it's quite
0: handy. Yep. This right here is a non-keyed connector. This is just a. But that, yeah, that's an old school when That's plugs school, The same size. Yep. An old school 120 volt connector. You could plug it in this way or you could flip it over and plug it in the other way it wouldn't make any difference there's no keying or anything to keep you from flipping the polarity on it and plugging it the other direction
1: you can't find those anymore I don't think
0: Um, not sure this one is not really that old I mean it's it's a few years old this one is a keyed connector right here this is what fits on the back of our HF radios. It's like the one right in mm-hmm. front of us. This is, uh, well, the, there's six little individual pins on this one. Uh, the ICOM rigs take a four-pin model. But each of these right here, the plastic cylinder that's around the pins, are shaped differently. Some of them are round. Some of them have a flat side. And there's only one way that it'll plug in correctly. If you flip it over and try to plug it in the rig upside down, it won't go yeah, in. It just won't go. So it, it's keyed. And there's you know there's various types of ways they can key a connector so that you can't plug it in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. So to answer this, what's the main reason for doing that? Uh, prevention of use by unauthorized persons. It wouldn't do that.
1: The rest that not, not that kind of key.
0: Yep. So we know all of these choices are not correct. A higher current carrying capacity doesn't doesn't change how much current it's going to carry. B reduced chances of incorrect mating. Well, that's the answer. You can't make the connector up wrong. It it can only go in one direction. Yep. I'm going to say that's the answer right there. um that's basically what they said over in the chat room. B. Reduce chances of incorrect mating. Awesome. Well, I'm glad we got through that. That was tough. That was pretty tough. Uh, let's see.
1: Not too good up there.
0: I guess. We ought to talk about how we're going to give away this fine radio right here,
1: yep, some lucky person's going to win this,-hmm, and all of this
0: all of that. yes,
1: especially this particular one.
0: hmm Well, they're not going to get my mouse. I'm, I'm keeping my mouse, and they're not going to get the air conditioner control because I think we're we're going good. to, we're need going to
1: need be that. using that here shortly, yep,
0: and they're probably not going to get your cup over there, not
1: the red one. No. Somebody might get somebody may get the block. We no.
0: might do that as a consolation prize or something. I'll sit it back here for right now. Yeah. Anyway, we'll be back in just a moment to talk about that. Around the 15th of each month, it's Amateur Radio's original and longest-running video podcast, amateurlogic.tv, with hosts George Thomas, Tommy Martin, and Emil Dioding. Roughly, here's what I have. The bottom trace here is ground.
1: While the elements will jiggle some, they're actually not too bad. It's light.
0: After putting it together, I decided to test everything, so I ran in 12 volts and I'm measuring the output here. No, it's not too windy right now, Jim. It was yesterday. We're in the antenna switching matrix. Any one of our six broadcast transmitters could be connected to any of the 22 antennas. I personally am so thrilled that george got the special award well deserved my friend that's really cool what about the super bowl emil did you go to the super bowl or were you at home uh, operating that night tuning my amplifier and Oh, I lost power in the shack and uh, went outside. The house lost power. (laughs) The whole neighborhood went out for about 30
1: minutes. I I don't know what happened. Oh, that explains a lot. Yeah, we can take this and put it over inside our box. It's flush to the bottom. If we were to rotate, we can see that thing goes all the way through. So we'll have a hole in the bottom.
0: Here's what it looks like after I've got them all soldered together and heat shrinked up. Okay, let's give it a try and see how it worked out. So there you have it, the hula loop. No, you can't null out the dog's barking. I have two thin film solar cells to run this. It looks like a little mini weather satellite, actually. And uh, I'm using a guitar string for the antennas. I particularly like that last one there, $29.99. You can get a 50-foot garden hose extension cord combo. <laughs> you
1: know, Do not get cord wet. Now, most of these J-Poles are built with
0: metal elements of tubing. Uh, The reason I chose wire for this one is the length of this particular one, so I wanted to hang it from the tree so I can hoist it up there. Yeah. Go fishing. (laughs) Well, We couldn't find the reel. (laughs) Is that what that is? All right, Tommy, sing the theme song here.
1: You know, on the last show, whenever we decide to shut this down, we're going to sign off by that. Okay. We're You're gonna see the Amateur it. logic flag. We are going to have to come up with one, so we just won't we'll ever stop. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yeah! It just occurred to me while we were watching that right there. Well, it'll be 14 years next month. Yeah, 14 years. We've gone. We went through numerous hairstyles.
1: We went through numerous yeah. a, a lot of things.
0: Yeah. During during that wow
1: it's been we you know we've done a lot it's been a fun ride for 14 years yeah it really has sometimes it's been a little bit hard to find the time to to do them but Mm -hmm. it's always satisfying once you finish getting your segment together and everything Mm -hmm. and then doing the show parts that's always a blast
0: and that that six month summer vacation that was yeah uh, yeah
1: yeah, that was a long break. <laughs> it
0: was. Well, we used to take, you know, back then we would take the summer off just like uh, regular television, mm-hmm. you know. We'd release our episodes seasonally like that. Yeah. Then the demand just got so high that we just had to do it every month.
1: Yeah, well, the, the uh, viewership picked up so much. Yeah. It did. Uh, it, it's been fun. That's. I get a lot of fun. You know, a lot of satisfaction out of doing them.
0: Oh yeah, it's always been a lot of fun. And as
1: long as they yeah. keep watching them, man, and like we get good feedback from them, yeah, you
0: know, hmm, I enjoy it. We do it for you.
1: Actually, we honestly do. We do. Yeah. Try to prop- Try to keep the hobby going.
0: Yep. I tell you what, being that it's 14 years next month, why don't we celebrate with a big birthday bash? Okay. We can have presents. We give out presents instead of receiving them. There you go. What a novel idea.
1: Come on, that's worth one more fist bump right oh, there. Oh, that
0: is. Amateurlogic.tv slash contest. We've got a list of prizes there that we could give away for this. Some nice stuff starts out with the grand prize there. What's our grand prize here? What's what's the main item in the package? uh,
1: What you're looking at right here, this nice ICOM 7300,
0: IC7300 uh, HF transceiver. You mean this innovative HF transceiver with RF direct sampling? That would be the one. RMDR and phase noise characteristics that are fantastic in an entry-level rig. A real-time spectrum scope. Wow. Yeah. It's it's a software-defined radio. As a matter of fact, it's the first one by one of the Japanese uh, radio manufacturers. Yeah. For, for HF. Um, boy, it's got everything you want. You know, really, that radio is off the charts in its price category. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else that really offers all those features in Oh, yeah, it's a,
1: it's a fantastic radio. I, I hated having to give the one we had for loaner back when we had one.
0: You and me both. Yeah,
1: it's very nice. The audio quality on it is just
0: fantastic. Yeah. We've used them at field Day before, and uh, as Tommy says, we really hated to send them back. We tried not to till they remembered that, <laughs> that yeah. we had them. But, so uh, yeah, a really nice radio. And once you've used one of these uh, or any... I come really with a band scope on it. It is hard to go back.
1: Yeah, it is. It
0: really is a real time uh, band scope or spectrum scope. Yeah, really aids you, particularly in in events like contests and such, where you can see where all those signals are and just mm-hmm. point, you just to touch, them. The screen, and touch the basically, screen, touch the screen, tunes right over there, go straight to it. This one right here doesn't. It doesn't seem to work on this particular one. Well, it's used we the get.
1: wrong angle. If you were around there in the front of where you could see what you were touching, it probably—I'm sure—it's fine.
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We'll we'll just fess up right now. This, this right here, is a cardboard box. What? I know you didn't notice it. I Uh,
1: was about to plug the power into the back right here.
0: It's a good thing you didn't. Um. Yeah. We. These radios are so popular that they're out of them right now at Icom America. Yeah,
1: they, they'll have got your, more. Well, they'll have right. yours in for the winter.
0: Oh yeah, they'll have yours in for the winter. And they should be back in stock right away. They just they weren't in time for the contest, and there's a number of reasons because we thought initially it might be a different radio we were mm-hmm. giving away, and then turned out that one's not quite ready yet. So. Uh, We'll be giving away an IC7300. And they're still in stock at your dealers. Mm -hmm. You know, they just didn't have any at the plant right now. But we'll have one to give away uh, to some lucky winner in the middle of next month.
1: Absolutely. Be here before you know it.
0: We'll be giving away on the October 15th episode.
1: Yeah, so if you don't have your entry in yet, you probably need to be doing it very soon.
0: And we've also... Got a nice antenna to go with it because you will probably want to connect an antenna to this rig. We do.
1: We've got the MFJ 1836H cobweb antenna. That is a very nice little antenna. It doesn't take a lot of space, and the performance is fantastic on it.
0: This is my favorite field day antenna. The six-band model, it covers 20, 17, 15, 12, 10, and 6 meters there's also a model that, that covers 40 meters as well. It's perfect for restricted spaces or any place, you know, you don't have much room to put up an antenna. This thing will, will really fit perfect, and it's worked great for us every year at field day. Uh, great performance. It's horizontally polarized. Yeah, but it did seem like the noise was pretty low on it. It was. It was. But it, it performed great for us at field day for how many years now? I, I think know it leaves it at less. least 3 at it, least 3 years at least I think 3 it may years four. Yep. You're going to want to connect that up to the rig as well, so we're going to uh, also throw in 100 feet of MFJ RG8X coax with connectors on it. Now that's not And this is feet. not
1: and this is not the 8X either.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like that as the box version of it. This coax. is the Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> That's uh, that is actually coax, but that's, that's you're going to get 8X. more than that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, uh, some more items to go with it. You probably, as well, you'll need a power supply.
1: Hey, I got Don't one you right think? here. What, do you, about, what about this one?
0: You mean that MFJ forty two thirty DMP twelve volt thirty amp power supply? That's you took the words right out of my mouth. I could see that. I was yeah. just
1: about to say that.
0: Yeah, it's a mighty light power supply, switching supply. Um, we've used these for several years now at our outdoor operating events mm-hmm. and such, and whenever we need a power supply around the shack here for a project. Yeah, I really like mine. Yep, they're, they're great little supplies, very portable, easy to carry with you.
1: And you know what? It is mighty light
0: yeah, for a
1: power supply.
0: It is, and it's got the bonding post on the front. Or you can plug banana plugs into it. And on the rear of it, it's got Anderson Power Pole connectors. Two pairs of sets. them on there.
1: Yeah, that's, that's very handy. Yep.
0: Yeah. And in case you wanted it to sound like a million bucks on the air, what would you want? Well,
1: that looks like a million buck microphone with the gold on it right there. That's a Heil ICM microphone.
0: This is the, let's see, what is this model here? BG, I believe. It's a new, new model of it. It's, yeah. it's the same mic, but with a gold windscreen and a black body. Yeah, it's a good-looking mic. It is. It's got a push-to-talk button on it already right there where you can use it handheld if you'd like. Or... The cable comes with the connector already installed to fit your ICOM HF rig. And there's a jack right there where you can plug in an external foot switch um, or a, a Heil hand trigger to it or whatever you want to use for push to talk button on it. Yeah. And these are custom designed to work with ICOM rigs. They've got an electric element in it, so it gives a little bit of higher gain that matches up good with the ICOM rigs.
1: Yeah, it's a good well, one.
0: Thanks to Bob and Heil Sound for that. And, well, we got another thing here that's, that's pretty yeah. nice.
1: Yeah, I've, got, I've actually got one of these. I love mine. MFJ 1486RC radio-controlled clock. Compliments of, yeah, of course, MFJ. Yep.
0: Yeah. It's a 12- or 24-hour display. You choose what you want to show. I set mine up here. To show the uh, the local standard time, as well as uh, UTC. Yep, that's how I've got mine set. That's the two times that I'm always interested in, so I can see both of them right there. And I don't have to worry about setting it. Why is that?
1: Because it sets itself with WWV over, from over the air, so it's always correct.
0: Always correct. Uh, there's a built-in backlight, so you can use it at night. Yep. And there's a 10-minute ID timer built in. But don't push it. So, no, we don't push, push. it. Yeah.
1: Unless, well, unless, you want, unless you want to. But it's, it's a good thing to have in your shack. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to make a sound in 10 minutes. We're going to have to ID <laughs> on the show. You just have to do it.
0: Yep. And another prize we got here. This is courtesy of Gordon West Radio School and W5YI.org. Amateur Radio Study Guides by the premier author in the field, Gordon Absolutely. West. He's the man. WB6NOA. Gordo wrote the book on studying
1: for ham license. He literally yes. wrote three of them.
0: He wrote three of them here. We've got your choice of uh, the general, um, the technician, or the extra, depending on what you're interested in to go with your radio here. Yeah. Um, well, wait, I'm already an extra. You are an extra, so why don't you maybe? Why don't you get this technician book for your son? There you go, <laughs>
1: share the love. If you're already an extra, you don't need it. If you if you're a general and you want to upgrade, get the extra book, or if you not get a book and pass it on to somebody that uh, may be interested mm-hmm. in getting their ticket and help. You know, share this great hobby we're in.
0: You know, I did get the technician book for my son. Yeah. And he got his technician, and a month later, he got his general.
1: Yeah, that's awesome.
0: Now, if we could just get him on the air, because he lives in an antenna-restricted neighborhood. I mean,
1: I see, that's his first mistake. You can't buy a house in there.
0: Yep. that's That was my thoughts, but, you know. Because
1: I'm sure he probably wasn't the one to pick it, too.
0: No. Well, I don't know. I'm sure he had something to do with it, yeah. but, uh, you know, if you're going to take your exam... And you want to know what you're talking about or what you're answering when you go in there. There's no better study guides than the ones that come from Gordo.
1: Yeah, they're great, they're great books.
0: They are. And one final thing, just to sweeten the pot and kind of give legitimacy to the whole thing here. You Did looked you at me funny like when to? I said that I will present it to one of them anyway.
1: The gold PL-259s.
0: Genuine Amateur Logic faux gold. Faux gold. Not to be used with
1: RF for RF applications.
0: Yeah. 24-karat faux gold, maybe. Something. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, we don't actually recommend soldering of these and using them with RF. No,
1: but they look good sitting around.
0: They look good. They match that microphone perfectly. They do? Look at that. Look at that. Actually,
1: they do look good with it. Yeah. There you go.
0: That's out of Tommy's private stash here because I would already given well, all I mine away. Well, I had some that I hoarded. You did. He had been hoarding those, y'all. This is, it's not the final pair. I think there's one more pair left after this. They are.
1: So, you know what, you, if you don't win this year, you know what you'll
0: be getting next year. Oh, yeah. Exactly. The one last pair. Yep and for you you're going to want to go look at look at the information on the website here amateurlogic.tv slash contest in order to get all the details you need to enter there's only a a few things here that that you'll want to pay attention to but you do want to get them right we just named it. up all the prizes there there are some qualifications, though. Uh, you must be a licensed U.S. or Canadian amateur radio operator with a U.S. or Canadian shipping address.
1: And this is a big one. Only one entry per contestant. Sending more than one entry disqualifies the applicant. So please only send the one email.
0: And the winner is responsible for any taxes that may be incurred. We don't know that any ever have been, but we've no. got to put that in there.
1: The winner agrees to use his or her call sign and name in promotional and use items related to the contest.
0: And contestants must not be employees or affiliates of Amatrologic, ICOM, MFJ Enterprises, Howell Sound, uh, Gordon West, or W5YI. Hey, how do you enter? How do you enter? Well, you need to send us an email. As a matter of fact, that email should go to this address right here. Contest 2019 at amateurlogic.tv Now do go to the website and check over the qualifications and all the details there on the contest. There's a link you can click on right there on the site that will set you up to send an email to this address. And there's only a few things that we want to know in there. Uh, We're going to select it by random number uh, from the entries that were received. And the winner is going to be announced on the October 15th episode of Amateur Logic. And I think, um, let's see, you've got to enter between now, or actually September 5th, and Thursday, October the 10th. Uh,
1: So time's running out.
0: uh, Yep, time's running out. And I believe we will be hosting the live stream of that particular show on Friday the 11th. Uh, there's a few things we want to know in there. In the subject line, what should you have?
1: In oh, the subject line, you should have your call sign.
0: Only your call sign. Uh, and then down in the body of the email, there's only a few details. We want your name, call sign, class of license, and an address where we can send the, the winning prize to. Yep. We've told you when the submissions are are due by october the 10th and if for some reason it's determined that the winning entry did not meet the qualifications then we'll draw another name using the same method all the rules contest information are posted at www.amateurlogic.tv contest I, we- I, got, I got a question uh-huh
1: what if i send my email how do i know that i actually made it sometimes there are problems
0: Uh, we do reply Uh, there's an auto responder on there that once you've entered you'll get a reply back from contest 2019 at amateurlogic.tv telling you that hey you won if you didn't get it there's a few possible things Um, you might check your junk box or your trash to make sure that for some reason, it didn't get caught and put in there. I haven't yeah. heard of anybody that's had that. Yeah, but it could happen. But unfortunately, uh, just coincident with the contest right now, for some reason, Yahoo is blocking that address. We will receive your entry if you've got a Yahoo account, and that's where you sent it from, but you won't receive the autoresponder reply.
1: Yeah. So if you got an extra one you may want to send it from one other than yahoo but it does you will be entered but if you,
0: only enter once if there's any yeah. question if you've entered and you didn't get a reply then write one of us and we'll yeah I'm we'll had, double, I've double had to check look
1: for up, you actually i've only had one to look up so it must be working pretty well
0: two or three and everybody that that questioned it they had entered yeah. so there was no problem there
1: okay well, I th- so, 73, good luck in the contest.
0: Yeah, and thanks to ICOM, MFJ, Howl Sound, and Gordon West and W5YI.
1: Yeah, appreciate them, because if it was not for them, we wouldn't have all this great stuff here to give away.
0: Boy, howdy. That's what Jim would have said, isn't it? It is. Sounds sounded just like him. Just like him. We're going to have to get Jim back on Amateur Logic with us again soon. Before we go, we'd like to mention during the month, we know between, you know, only having an episode once a month here on Ham College, you could be uh, having withdrawals. Where yeah. can you find out what's going on during the month? Well, we're on the, most of the social media places.
1: We've got a Facebook group facebook.com slash group slash ham
0: college or slash amateur logic which is probably where you'll see the most activity of it
1: we're also on twitter we've got at ham college we've also got at amateur logic
0: Mm -hmm. and we've got a google io or not google io a groups.io uh i don't even know what you call it group group (laughs) <laughs> Group now groups.io slash g slash amateur logic.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's
0: growing a pretty good bit. <clears throat> yeah, so that's that, great. that has grown some. Yeah, it is. And
1: uh, if you're not if you're not a Facebook user or a Twitter user, um, you know you can you can sign up on groups io and we send out the same notifications when we're going to shoot. So mm-hmm. if you want to catch the live stream, you could find out like that. Instead of going on to the other places
0: mm-hmm. it's it's a good way to find out and groups.io will actually send you an email if you opt in for that so uh, you'll get notification that way as well well Dean I think that is probably going to do it for us tonight we've we've finished what was in the old general class yeah example. I thought hope
1: we were going to finish it up with a little good buzzer action for them but uh, just didn't happen
0: Yeah, it could still happen because we're going to go find what has been changed in that pool and cover that next month.
1: Yeah, so maybe there'll be a little buzzer action next month for you. I know some of them, Emil, usually look forward to that.
0: Well, don't feel bad because once we've completed this, which should be in the next episode or two, we will be moving to the extra and there will be plenty of buzzer action. We'll
1: make up for lost buzzer action for there.
0: Yep. Well, thanks for being here with us tonight, everyone. Uh, We always enjoy it, and, uh, you know, most of the people in the chat room, I've got to say, most of them are hams. Not all of them, but uh, I believe most of them are, but, you know, there's a lot of non-hams watching this show, and that's, well, it's it's designed for ham and non-ham alike. We want to Mm -hmm. encourage you to do your studying and get licensed. You know, if you're a non-ham, jump in and the technician pool there and and do it. It's it's not that difficult. We've, we did it. We did it. Mhm. Matter of fact, we've gone through all three books here. Yeah. So uh, if we can do it, duh.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you can do it too. Yeah. Um, We have made, uh, we have actually got quite a few Ham College graduates. Oh, we do, yeah. And it's good to hear about that. If you're a Ham College graduate and you followed along with us and took your test and and passed and everything, you send us a note. We'd like to hear about those. So we've heard about several of them already. Cool.
0: All right, 7-3, everyone, remember, join us on uh, Friday the 11th of October. For the next amateur logic and we're going to be giving this stuff away
1: Yep 73 and good and good luck in the contest again.
0: Probably so. Nah. I don't know. It's that's our thing. This is, this is Ham College. This is Ham. Yeah. Co- <laughs> <laughs> Did you see how that I was, was throwing my voice there?
1: That was good.
0: Yeah. Apparently, when I edited that, I left some, <laughs> some, some of the takes oh, on the that timeline was at the end of it. You know, I would swear there was audio to this.
1: You're gonna have to sing to it or talk
0: or whatever it is. Yep. Do you remember if you like popcorn, we've got a popcorn here just for you. (laughs) Easy pop. Mmm. Easy pop. Show me the way. Right here in this building. Oh, there it is. Easy pop. (laughs) You just don't stick it in the microwave, kids. You put it. On the oven, and you heat it. Mmm, just like an atomic bomb. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's good stuff.
1: I always thought that was
0: so awesome when I was a kid. It was. Yeah. Easy pop popcorn. Mmm, good.